So the first project I just want to illustrate is a scheme called Vauban uh, in Freiburg in uh, southern Germany. And it's an example of what we've described as a cooperative procurement deliver, that delivered high social capital. Uh, the distinction with this project is that it was delivered under the auspices and the sort of strength of a really competent and very strong city government who knew exactly what they wanted and were prepared to work hard and enable this project to happen. The site is a former French barracks site uh, south of Freiburg uh, which uh, was decommissioned as a barracks in 1992 and it was a 38-hectare site. And when the army moved out, the students moved in and they started squatting the barracks buildings. Um, so rather than turning them out and, uh, and then selling off the site to the highest bidder, the, the city actually decided to legitimise their tenancy and actually worked with the student union to upgrade and offer funding to upgrade the barracks buildings themselves, the student accommodation. Uh, but then went about, more importantly, setting out a vision for the much larger site uh, aside from the barracks buildings. And they had a vision for a development that would provide housing for 5,000 inhabitants uh, with at least 600 jobs on site. And so their first task was to commission a master plan. The barracks buildings are these white ones, that's where the students uh, moved in. But then you can see there's sort of large swathe of land that was still uh, subject to, or where there was still huge development opportunity. Interestingly, we talk uh, about a lot of, sort of design control in the UK. We look to commission master plans, we regulate, we set design codes, we run competitions to, to get the right design. Curiously, in Vauban, this was almost all the design that was done up front, plus a very simple design code, which was almost uh, the, it's about sort of half the side of A1 which was about building heights, building footprints, uh, energy performance. Um, but otherwise, it was very much uh, designed on a, a sort of plot-by-plot by plot basis. So the local authority commissioned the master plan. They set down a very simple design code or set of standards uh, which they expected any developer uh, working at, or taking on land in that development to follow. Um, the city set out and commissioned the infrastructure, which included a new tram extension into the site, and had that available from day one. But then curiously on this development, they then assigned from that master plan uh, plots, building plots, for a really wide variety of potential developers, which included housing associations, student housing groups, and I think most significantly on this site is cooperatives majority of this development is probably built through cooperative groups forming and then jointly commissioning a terrace of houses or an apartment block. It's not self-building so far as people were literally kind of knocking up buildings themselves, but it was self-commissioned, self-procured. So groups of people getting together, identifying a plot, working with the city and the city were providing the enabling support, the advice about how they could go about uh, getting their design team or finding the right contractor or uh, building it out. Um, so they were very strongly supported uh, and the city set up what they called facilitating building groups which were essentially planners, transport engineers and so on who could advise the cooperatives and hold hand them, a bit like enabling in a, in a sense, uh, through the project process. 
And, and then actually uh, planning was granted as part of an ongoing process. So each uh, cooperative or developer who built on the land uh, had to get a subsequent approval for their detailed permission. And the result is quite extraordinary. It kind of uh, it, it has a very relaxed feel to it. It has a very strong sense of community. And I think that is partly a result of the future residents getting involved through the design process from the very start. Uh, a lot of the streets are car-free. Cars are expected to park at the edges of the development. You can drive up and drop off furniture or kids or shopping, but then you're expected to kind of move your car to the edge. And so these really are a very sort of pedestrian-friendly, uh, community-friendly uh, streetscape. And a variety of architecture from very uh, solar, solar housing on the right, in, the, in these cases, to apartment blocks on the left. Um, and then these units on the left with shop uh, units on ground floor. And again, the sort of public spaces, there's, there's this kind of curious morphing and merging of public and private space. We're so... Con uh, uh, obsessed perhaps by defining boundary treatments in the UK, I think for legitimate reasons. I think because here there was so much high social capital, they don't need to kind of create such strong boundaries and that everyone watches out for everyone else. And just a few, few more examples. Very good design quality, uh, good amenity space standards, cycle provision, good landscaping and so on. Um, and I think the quality speaks for itself, but it wasn't without a huge amount of effort on the part of the city authority. They had to work hard with every developer on this site, so it wasn't as simple as just handing out to one developer. Um, they had to work with every individual group who decided to build out the parcel of this site. 